Well, first service, I'm so much prouder of you guys in the first service group. I walked up first service, not a single applause. But I realized quickly where I rate. No, I'm kidding. So this morning, I'm looking forward to getting into the Word of God with you guys today. How many enjoyed your Thanksgiving time? Yeah, yeah. How many still a little bit sleepy from the tryptophan? Anybody? Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I had a good time. I'm telling you, I, I, I behaved myself quite well. How many of you went um, shopping on Black Friday? Raise your hand. Okay. Who actually went like on Thursday, Black Friday shopping? It's crazy. I mean, I'm proud of you. I'm glad you did that, you know. How, you've seen the videos. I've seen the news reports of people going insane shopping, like knocking each other over, right? It's crazy. I saw one where a guy had grabbed a bunch of, like he would grab a, a television, and there was people pressed behind him, people pressed before him, people betwixt him, and it was one of those things where you look at this guy, it's like, okay, great, I got my TV, now what? He can't go anywhere. And so he literally climbs up and over like this escalator. It's moving. He's trying to get on it. He's falling down. I hope he broke his TV. And, <laughs> and, and just in the spirit of Christmas, I hope he broke it. And, um, and, but the thing about it is, it was nuts. And if you're like me, when I get into situations like that, I'm already looking for my way of escape. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and, and, and it's sad that we do live in a world where people are crazy like that. I mean, that was insane, some of those videos I saw. It's like, have a great Christmas, you know. But when it comes to just anything in life now, if I'm in a restaurant, I'm looking for my way out. If some crazy person comes in here. I'm in church. I'm eyeballing you. Who's the crazy one? No, 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 no. But I'm looking, <laughs> where's the exit? Am I alone in that? How many sit with your back? You know, you're not going to sit with your back to the door. You want to see everything, right? Am I alone in that? All right. No, no, no. When it comes down to it, um, we're just prone to look for a way of escape when it comes to physical safety. Um, but a lot of times when it comes to spiritual things, we don't look for the way of escape. When it comes to spiritual things and we wind up in an emergency, we wind up in something that we need to deal with, we are not ready ahead of time. And in the midst of that, we miss making some really great decisions that need to be made to protect us from the situation at hand. And so today I'm preaching a sermon that I'm calling In Case of Emergency. In Case of Emergency. You've seen those signs, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I got a subtitle and it's this. What to do when all hell breaks loose. <laughs> Everybody say I say, when all hell breaks loose. And I, I lost a few of my Presbyterians right there. Just kidding, just kidding. And you can't say hail, you got to say hail, you know what I'm saying? But how many's been in a situation in life where literally hail broke loose? I mean, it may have been in your marriage, it may have been in your finances, it may have been in your health. You know, I don't know what it was, but it just was something to where it was like, oh my gosh, I've got to find my way of escape. And every environment you go in, there's usually an in case of emergency plan. Well, here at the church, you know, there's ways of getting out of this building. And there's maps to get out of classrooms and such, you know. Um, even when you get on an airplane, which cracks me up. Because it's like, okay, a way of escaping the airplane. Y'all, I'm sorry, we're all dying. <laughs> we're on a plane. Go ahead and have your speech, okay. But if we're going down, we're all going down, you know. 
But they'll start their speech. I remember one time I was going to El Salvador on a missions trip, and this lady named Suzanne, or she's, and obviously it starts with the thing dropping out, and you put it on your face first, and then the children. And, but then she went into talking about your seat cushion will become a flotation device. Sure. Yeah. To which Susan is sitting there, and the thing, she had never flown before. And so she's 50-some years old, had never flown before. She's nervous as all get out. So when the lady said that, I looked over and I said, well, that's great, seeing that we're flying over land. <laughs> Pastor Ross, stop it. Stop it. Too much fun, though. So then they said, and if you go down that flotation device, there's a thing that you'll put around your head, and, and, and you pull it, and the light will begin to blink. And I said to her, that's good, because when you're dead, you can't holler for help. So it'll be easier to find you in the desert because you'll be blinking. Let your little light shine, Susan. Let your little light shine. To which she said, Pastor Ross, stop it. Stop it. Then the lady said, there's a card in front. You can look at the card, and I pull it out. And on it, it has this happy little airplane that has landed on the ocean. And there's these, like, little flotation slides that are popped out. And people are sliding down to little rafts. And I'm like, that's not happening. It's not, you know. The only thing that survives a plane crash is what? The black box. So here's what I think. And I think this is brilliant. And I think we should just market it and sell it. We need a whole plane made out of the black box. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Yeah, but you've all heard those speeches before. You've heard it so much that you just tune it out, don't you? You've heard it so much when you get on a plane that it just is white noise to you either because you figure it's useless or, you know, I know this stuff. And I think when it comes to life, a lot of times it's very similar to that when it comes to us living out our lives. Um, there's an emergency that's coming. Every single one of us is going to face a spiritual struggle or a physical um, difficulty or a financial difficulty. Many of you in this room, you've went through stuff this year. Some of you, you're fixing to go through stuff. But getting ready ahead of time, in case of emergency, it's good to know what we're going to do beforehand. So needless to say, figuring out what to do in case of emergency is something that ought to be done before an emergency ever exists. Amen? We've all heard of stories of, 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 of fires in buildings where... Uh, blockage, doors were blocked, you know, or cruise ships where rafts weren't present. How many's ever heard of the um, Triangle Shortwaist Factory Fire of 1911? Anyone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that factory, um, nearly 100 people died, women jumping to their death, threes and fours at a time out of this building. And um, there was doors that were literally chained, locked. There was elevators that did not work. There was the lack of fire escapes. There was no plan for a case of emergency. The sad thing about it is this, though. The sad thing is that the tragedy took place... And the establishment had already experienced multiple small fires the months and years prior to the big fire. They'd experienced something that was tragic. They'd experienced something that had started a flame. They had experienced a crisis that was small, and they shrugged it off. And a lot of us go through our spiritual walk facing crises that we just shrug off. It's no big deal. Man, I ain't got no finances. You don't understand, Pastor. I'm broke, but this dude, he'll let me live on his couch. Okay, I get that. But what strings are attached to that? Don't shrug that off, you know. Pastor Ross, I, I, I got one credit card, you know, and I know it's full, but this other company will give me another credit card. It's 27% interest, but it's all right. 
because they're marginal. Let me bring it over and this and I, I get it. But you're shaking off. You're shrugging off potential, potential emergency, a disaster that's just waiting to happen, you know. And guys, I do that same thing too. You know, I heard, I heard a guy one time say, or a lady one time say, it was an older black woman. She said, son, you are digging your grave with your teeth, boy. When it came to not eating right, that's no big deal. Man, that's one I've got to deal with and fight and deal with and handle. Because that's an emergency. That's a crisis that's coming. I've got to be prepared this side of it, right? And so, and so do you, you know. And what we saw in our worship today is that there's this king. I love it. Let the king of my heart be the mountain where I run. Let, let the king of my heart be the shadow where I hide. We have a choice. We have someone that we can run into. The Bible says he's a strong tower, and those that run into him are saved. Well, let's just say it this way. They find the best that God has for them. And we've got to be ready for that ahead of time. You may have had some small situation that you could shrug off, but the adversary of your heart, he's going to keep on keeping on, keep on trying until one of two things happens. One, He's going to keep on trying until you continue to be beat down by him. And that onslaught of hell gains victory in your life, diminishing what God intends for you. Or two, he's going to try his best. And you're going to have a plan ahead of time to escape that emergency. You're going to deal with that crisis in a biblical way. And he's going to be defeated. And you're going to walk out as God intended out of that emergency. Amen? So we have those choices. <clears throat> that's the outcome that'll take place. And so the thing about it is we've got to be able to be people who are living by the Spirit and living by the already has it laid out before us, and we have no reason to succumb to the emergency at hand. Amen? No reason for that emergency situation to cause us to make bad choices, to cause us to miss God's best. God's going to bring us through those crises. Amen? Amen. Can you say something real? Can you get real Pentecostal in here and say, I'm coming out of my mess? Oh, y'all sound too, come on, a little bit louder. I'm getting out and coming out of my mess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Coming out. God has a plan, but we've got to do something on our part. And we're going to see this here today as we break into the scripture. Amen. If you're going to make it when all hell breaks loose in your life, listen, you're going to have to train your spirit ahead of your situation. Can I say that again? You're going to have to train your spirit ahead of your situation. You guys realize so often we live by the flesh. So often we live our lives as human flesh that possesses a spirit and has a mind. But that's not the way God sees us. You are a spirit that has a body that has some flesh that has a mind. Does that make sense? And we need to start living like we're supernatural. Come on, somebody. We got to start living like we're the spiritual people God has called us to be. Because you guys are some kind of something in this room. You're not one that needs to be broke, busted, and disgusted all the time. You're not one that needs to succumb to every emergency and every crisis. God has called you to be able to rise above those things. Amen? To be able to rule and reign. That's who God has called you to be and called me to be. I'm going to put myself in there. And called me to be. I want that in my life. And so I want you to open your Bibles to 2 Peter. We're going to stand to our feet, as is our custom around here, as we honor God's word. And you're like, man, Ross, it took you forever to get to the Bible. Sometimes. <clears throat> Second Peter chapter 1, verse 1. I want you to catch some of the stuff here that we're going to see that we need to be full up on, that we need to be ready for. 
It says, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. Let me stop right there. Don't you discount yourself. If the apostle looks at a bunch of people and said, you all have obtained exactly what I'm walking in, then guess what? Y'all are still the y'all. Is that good? You guys are still the people that Paul is, that Peter is talking to, rather. You're still those people the apostle is talking to. Verse 2, watch. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. Oh, does that sound good? How many like some grace and peace? I do. I, I like, oh, that's good. And the idea of grace and peace, it's not that it may it come to you. What's it say? May it be multiplied. That's exponential grace from God, exponential peace God wants to bestow upon his people. Man, that's good stuff. And when you're going through it, you need even more of it. And he is such a good God, he will bring it, won't he? It says this, may it be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. In, that's the preposition. How do we get this grace and peace? We get it in the knowledge of the Lord. We'll talk about that more in a little bit. His divine power has granted to us all that pertain to life and to godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. His power in us has given us everything we need for life. That's not just ho-hum life, amen? That's zoe life. That's like God kind of life. That's like John 10, 10, abundant, abundant life. And here we see that this idea of grace and peace and life, it's all coming to us. But watch, so that through them we may become partakers of the divine nature. There's that idea that you're supernatural again. You're not God, but you sure are partakers of all that God has. And then it says this, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Having escaped corruption. There's that, that escape. There's that, that in case of emergency. There's that that way out. Shout way out. Father, right now, we ask that over the next few minutes that you'll help us as a body to embrace your word and to discover what it takes, Lord God, to be ready in case of every emergency, in case of every crisis. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can go ahead and have your seat. In this scripture, you're going to see, as I said in verse 2, this idea of grace and peace being multiplied to you, and it's coming to you in the knowledge of of Christ, in the knowledge of Christ. Verse 3, God's given us all things that pertain to him for godliness. All that we need to walk as God would have us to walk, he has provided for us. And it says that it's coming through the knowledge of God. This idea of knowledge, how many here, um, you're working on your master's degree? Is there anybody in here right now currently? Yeah, Maduka. He is working on his master's degree already, a brilliant, brilliant fella. And he's studying and you are studying, and the gnosis, the knowledge that you are putting yourself to is filling up your heart and your mind, you know? And that's awesome, you know? In the first service, we had Chip Wadega. God bless his little heart because he wore a Michigan hat while he greeted in our parking lot. <laughs> Blasphemy. Blasphemy. O-H. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. No. So, I'm sorry. That's some family. My family's here from Ohio. Pastor Jeff and Tammy and... Pastor Austin, and, and um, we're thankful for the win yesterday. Glory to God. Um, praise your name. And so, but when it comes down to gnosis, that's information that you study and you receive through study. But this wisdom that it's talking about is epigenosis. 
And it's this idea that is placed within you through the Spirit. And as you put the Word in you, there's stuff that you put in you that you may not quite understand, but God starts to give you wisdom. God starts to give you knowledge. God starts to give you understanding. And next thing you know, you're going through a crisis, and the way you used to deal with it, melt down, break down, beat somebody up, whatever it might have been, now there's this epigenosis, there's this information base that you start to live out, and it's like, oh my word, I'm starting to talk like God through this, and walk like God through this, and think like God through this, and isn't that awesome? But that's coming from the Lord, that's coming from this, this epigenosis, this knowledge that it gets down deep in your spirit. It's in knowing what Jesus has provided for us, that knowledge as we study his word, that we're able to look beyond our emergency and see by faith how God intends to bring us out. And I'm not saying by faith. Sometimes when we talk about faith in the church, it almost sounds like you're like a super Christian. Amen? You know, like, I've got faith. Well, you know what? I got doubt. How many of on the doubt side? Be honest. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I get that, you know. I'm not talking about being super Christian, super spiritual, you know? I'm just saying when it comes down to it, you don't have to be, but, but when all hell breaks loose in your life, God does want you to walk victorious and not defeated, and he has made a way of escape for you, but you need to be spiritually prepared ahead of time so that you'll have the directives and the means by which to come out of your emergency. In those situations, you look to see, how am I getting out of here if things Come off the rails. How am I walking out of this place? You need to have that ahead of time. And what happens in the next three verses of that chapter, verses 5 through 8, it begins to talk about spiritual formation. And it begins to say that God is going to add to your faith, virtue into virtue, goodness into goodness. And it's talking about this building up of who you are. I believe as Christ followers, we are just too stinking passive sometimes when it comes to how we're being built up. You know? This coming year, in the new year, we're going to be looking a lot as a church about power and wisdom and grace. Power and wisdom or truth and grace. And learning how to walk in a balance of those things. And not being satisfied with just going through life. No, God has so much for us that's in him but we've got to be active to go after to go after it. And so those next three verses, it talks about this spiritual development that takes place on this side of the crisis because that development will serve to bring you out. Check this. If I'm having a heart attack, okay, I want Tom Robison. Are you in here, Tom, in this service? I don't know. I want Tom Robison. I want Alex Johnson. I don't know if we have any other EMTs in the house. I want somebody that has been prepared ahead of time to deal with my crises coming to check on me. Amen? I love you, Jeff, and you build a nice building. Yes, you do. I don't want you coming and fixing my heart, you know? I just don't, I just don't you know, I, I don't need somebody to show up on the scene of my situation and, and stand over me and go, I think I'm supposed to put a spoon of baking soda in your mouth. No, 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 it's not baking soda. It's baking powder. And they're trying to put baking, stop, baking powder, you're going to kill them, you know? It's ibuprofen put the ibuprofen no 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 it's two tablets of aspirin under his tongue get the aspirin under and then i'm like going wait don't want that give me rye syndrome no you're not a two-year-old you're okay mom doesn't understand rice okay so when it comes down to it you know then you got the guy that's like how do these work <laughs> clear get away from me you know i don't want i want somebody that has applied themselves ahead of time to the science and arts of emt -rian. 
I don't know what it's called. Me- stuff that's going to help me medicinally, okay? I want you to be prepared, all right? And in the scripture, there was a man that faced a horrible crisis. I mean, awful crises. And he was just so ready for it ahead of time. And I want to see some of the characteristics that are in this guy. Because for me, this is the dude. For me, in 2018, it's probably too early for me to say this is what the Lord has for us for the year, but I really think this is what the Lord has for us. You're going to see us talk a lot about balance in this coming year, but I think you can see all these elements in the man by the name of Stephen. And so let's look in Acts chapter 6. The church is growing. It's got to the size of the pastors, the disciples of Christ. They can't handle it all, and they need some deacons. They need some help. And so there's seven men that they look to, and Stephen was one of those first men. And, and in Stephen, it talks about a little bit of the qualities that we see in Stephen. And I just want to walk down through this. Look at verse 3. It says, Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good reputation, full, shout full, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. Say full again. Verse 5, and what they said pleased the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, a man full, shout full, of the faith and of the Holy Spirit. And then there were six other fellows as well. And then it says in verse 8, and Stephen, shout full, full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs amongst the people. I love that. I think that's the coolest thing ever. Just God just... Filling them up with so much, you know, this guy, Stephen. So what we see here is three things. We see here the Holy Spirit that he's full of. And listen, I don't want you to miss this. I didn't put this in the notes above there, but just listen. The Holy Spirit brings the supply of power that works in us that will cause us to be able to go through every crisis. Stephen was a man full of the Holy Spirit. It's his power. It's not anything I can do of myself. Even when it comes to you see grace and you see wisdom, and it says in the Spirit, in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings it all. He's the executor of the Godhead. That means God has all this, and he's the hand of God that brings it to bear upon God's people. And so we see in that moment that it's the Holy Spirit that is filling him with power to act The second thing we see is that he was full of wisdom. Wisdom is what comes to you as you train your spirit in the things of God. It acts as a reservoir of truth or principles that govern your decisions. So that knowledge base deep on the inside as you study God's word, as you listen to God's word, as you're in journey groups with people and you're hearing the word come from them, it's building a base to draw from. And that wisdom that's on the inside of you that God just began to sovereignly put in you as you studied him, that wisdom is something that you can lean in on, and it's something that will bring you out. Third thing, faith. It says he was full of faith. He's full of power. He's full of wisdom. He's full of faith. Faith is what causes you to act and apply the truth of God's word. I'm going to go a little deeper with that. Hold on one second. So you've got this wisdom base, this understanding. These are the principles I'm supposed to live out. But, Ross, you don't understand my situation. I've literally had people sit there and tell me, but things for me are different than they would be for you. He's going to bring the hanky out. They're, they're, they're different. They're different than the way God's dealing with me the way God's dealing with me. I get that. And God does deal with us each individually. But when his word is black and white on something, it's black, it's white. You know it. You know it. 
done, period. I mean, that's black and white. I know this is what the words say. I can't just say for myself, and guys, I'm not pointing three fingers back at me. Because there's a whole lot of stuff where I want to go, I know the body, the Bible says the body is the temple of God. But right now, I want to overfeed the body. I want my temple. Here's my temple. Oh, and it's full of chicken fingers. <laughs> just be, I've never done that before. That was funny. Just to be honest. But I can't say, but it's okay for me. It's not okay for you. you know, it's like, no, I, I need to find my way of escape. I need to prepare myself for wisdom. So listen, I'm going to finish that. Faith is what causes you to act and apply the truth of God's word, that's that wisdom, to your current situation, no matter what you feel, think, or sense. In other words, it doesn't matter. One of my favorite quotes of all time is Martin Luther, the reformer, and he said, feelings come and feelings go. Feelings are deceiving. My warrant is the word of God. Naught else is worth believing. It's his word that carries a promise. Amen? And his word carries a promise of escape. In every temptation, his word says, he will make a way of escape. Isn't that awesome? And so we just got to begin to prepare ourselves ahead of time at the spiritual vessels that we really are and the spiritual people that we really are and be able to look at the enemy and say, you ain't going to have my flesh. You're not going to win this battle, enemy. My heart deceives me at times. You're not going to win this battle, heart. I'm going to follow after what the word of God is telling me. I'm going to have faith to believe, you know. And Stephen was full of all three. Now, here's what I love. Check this out. It says he was full of faith, full of Holy Spirit, full of power, full of wisdom. Church, listen, you won't get full unless you really apply yourself to what you are consuming. Can I say it again? You're not going to get full unless you really apply yourself to what you're consuming. Are we Christ followers or not? And if we're Christ followers, by all means, let's get full up on all that Christ has for us. Let's not be satisfied with anything less than all the wisdom that he has. Let's not be satisfied with anything less than all the faith that he can bring to bear upon our hearts. Let's not be satisfied with any less than all the power that he might have for us to move in. Amen? I believe God wants his church to be a powerful church and a wise church. And a church that moves in faith. Amen? And so let's not be satisfied. I know this. This Thanksgiving, I didn't get full. I didn't. I didn't apply myself. <laughs> I didn't. I, I had a little bit of turkey. I had a little bit of gravy. By the way, that turkey, Lord, have mercy, Brian Choate. Man. I just, the mayor's supper of the lamb will have Choate barbecue. I will. And, and, and I had a tablespoon of potatoes, you know. Oh, my word. I don't know where Mitch is. Mitch, he's the one who helped me stay accountable on this stuff. Those potatoes, it was like Jesus jumped in my face. It was just like, oh, Lord. That potatoes, that was so good. And, but I was so careful not to have a bunch. But then I did have a, a spoon. I had the, this buttermilk pie. And all the sugar. Every, I hadn't had sugar in two months. I started speaking in tongues. Start running around? No, I, I permission to fill up on the wisdom of God. I'm giving you permission ahead of every emergency, ahead of every crisis, to fill up on his faith, to fill up on, on his power. Amen? We come to a worship experience. This worship can, experience can be a song service, or it can be a filling station. It can be a song service where we come in, we sing a few songs, and we go. Or we can come in where, God, I'm so hungry for you. I need you to fill me in this house today. 
I don't know what I'm going to face this week, but I'm coming to you in worship. And when my hands go up, your glory comes down. Fill me in this house today. Amen? Well, what would happen if a few hundred of us each week come up in here like that? Amen? I have a feeling his glory would come down. Amen? And we might just be ready for the next crisis a little bit, a little bit better. It's going to come. Look to your neighbor and say, it's coming. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I, I'm not saying you're not going to be uh, devoid of crises. No, no. You're going to be ready for the crises that's on its way. Amen? <clears throat> so this is why it's so important for us to train our spirit ahead of our situation. You want to know why so many of us fail during times of crises? It's because we govern our lives by things outside of God's word. And because we do that, we diminish faith and we begin to act outside of biblical truth. So then in the midst of the crises, we don't make godly decisions and it prolongs the pain of the crises. And rather than learning something in the midst of it, we get defeated by it. God wants you to be able to learn in the midst of that crisis. But we have to have enough word in our spirit to raise our faith in our hearts to that point where we allow God to work in us his power and he brings us through. Because if we don't, we're saying that we reign. I'm going through the situation and I'm doing what I want to do because I reign. Well, as long as we reign, we will miss it every time when we go through crises. But if we let him reign, guess what he'll do? He'll reign. <laughs> And he is king of kings. And he is lord of lords. And every name will bow its knee to the name of our Lord. Amen? Amen. And so you're going through addiction? Let him reign. You're going through a struggle with pornography, men? Let him reign. Woman, you're going through a struggle with gossip? Shut your mouth and let him reign. I shouldn't have said that. (laughs) Don't hurt me, Amy. She's little, but she's mighty. We have to be men and women full of the Holy Spirit, full of faith, full of God's wisdom. And if we work towards that, we will be prepared to face every trial and every temptation and crises that comes. Like that medic who shows up on the scene, and it's a beautiful thing to watch. You know, Tar, it broke my heart that day that you and I were there. They were the accident. But to watch the police and the ambulance services and just all of them, they were... So skilled in everything they did. Weren't they amazing? Man. And they just had their hands involved in everything. It's just like, like precision. They, they, but they've been trained ahead of the crises. And so in the midst of the crises, they just act an instinct. It's the coolest thing ever. I think it's the coolest thing ever. Just to see somebody that's been trained ahead of the situation. Amen? And we've got to look at it that way. God, help me this side of the stuff I'm going to go through. And if we're going to do that, what will happen in the midst of that, because you're going to face spiritual struggle, you're going to face relational conflict, you're going to face physical trials, you're going to face financial setbacks, but if you're ready ahead of time, you will act according to faith and wisdom, and you will see the power of God bring you out of every crisis. Yes, you will. So what do we do do when we're going through it? Let's look here in Acts chapter 6, verse 11, the first thing we do is we just remain calm. Don't panic. Anytime there's an emergency, don't panic. My wife, God love her. I love you, baby. She gets into an emergency situation. She speeds up. There's, 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 there's caution lights blinking. There's red lights. Traffic is stopping and narrowing. And it's like, I got to get past all this. <laughs> no, don't panic. Slow down. Remain calm. I love it. I love it. And then she has the nerve to tell me when I'm driving. The lights are, the, there's lights, there's lights. I know, I know. That's why I'm not 
beating up to them. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to get to have lunch today. And you may feel like you're going to lose everything. You may feel like you're going to lose your relationship or your house or whatever it might be. You know, lose your pride. You know, whatever it might be. It doesn't matter. If you remain calm and you keep walking in these principles, you lose it all. God will restore you. He'll give you exactly what's really important anyhow. Amen? And so the first thing is just remain calm. You can see in verse 11, these people secretly instigated against Stephen, and it said, we have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. They stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes, and they came upon Stephen, and they seized him, and they brought him before the council, and they set up false witness against him. I mean, like, this crisis couldn't get any worse. But as you look at chapter 7, Stephen just stayed calm, and next thing you know, he started preaching about God as the resource of the Israelite people. And how they kept missing it and rejecting the prophets. But he knew where his resource lied. So number two is that. Number one, remain calm. Number two, remind yourself of your resources. Stephen preaches this sermon out of the depths of his spirit. And he begins to talk about how God had brought the people through. You know, and in spite of that, you rejected Moses. And God brought the people through. And in spite of that, you rejected the prophets. And he's just laying it to bear. Resource, these religious leaders. He's just hitting them hard with it. But it's a reminder of the resources. And the whole thing that you see in chapter 7 is Stephen's just like, you're not my resource. Jesus is everything. Don't miss it. You've rejected the prophets. You miss it every time. Don't miss it again. Amen? And it's the things that you see or you don't see. There's times where by faith you've got to be able to see God and his resources. And it's very difficult at times, you know. I, that's why I'm excited about this building project. I'll be honest. I told you guys last week, if you're a guest with us, we're building a new building starting this coming spring. And, um, and with that, you know, it's one of those things to where we just have never been a church that talks a ton about money. And so two years ago when we got this property, we told everybody, hey, we're taking up a big offering so we can prove ourselves to this church, so we can buy this place and, um, on a lease purchase. And we did, and we're also taking up a monthly pledge, and you guys did both. And within a short period of time, 14 months or whatever it was, we owned this place. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Go Jesus. This summer, through fasting, through prayer, through the board, through the staff, wrestling with the idea of what's next and really feel like the, the next sanctuary is next for us. This is a down Sunday, and um, first service had more people than this service. And so it's one of those things to where even on a low Sunday, it's starting to get more full, and, and we want to make space. We don't want to make a ton of space. If you're a guest with us, we're building a 600-seat sanctuary, you know. That'll be an incubator to allow us to grow to a size that we can send teams off and spiritual leaders, and for the next couple decades, see generations of leaders and church folks grow and touch their communities. So exciting. But what's more exciting than that is the spiritual growth that's going to come because of this. Because guess what's going to happen? All of you are going to give sacrificially. You didn't know that. Isn't that awesome? You didn't even know. You just didn't even know that. That's so cool. How all of, but all of you are going to do something sacrificially. But here's the thing. All of you are going to be tested. It's going to be the hardest year in some ways for many of us. I'm just being honest. All of you are going to be tested. And so we're going to give. We're going to be tested, but we're going to be faithful through the test. But are you ready for this? All of you are going to grow, period. There's, you just can't help but grow when you have a season like this. And I don't mean numerically. I mean spiritually. You're going to grow in faith. You're going to grow in wisdom. You're going to grow in the power of God. Why? Because sacrificial giving always brings crises. The enemy hates it. 
And the conflict comes. But can I tell you something? You were designed to deal with difficulty. You know that? God created you to conquer conflict. God fashioned you to fear weather the worst of life storms. That's who you are. You're ready for it. Just get full up. Shout that. Say get full up. Man, they can't speak English around here. Hope don't quit and get full up. But check it out. <laughs> oh, my word. But, but the thing is, you go through this stuff, but check it out. God's never been surprised. He knows exactly what's going on. He's never been surprised. He won't blink, nor will he flinch. He doesn't get a case of the jitters. Amen? Although he is concerned about you and your situation, he's not worried a bit. Is that neat? Because he knows if you apply yourself to get full on his wisdom and on his power and full in faith, he's going to bring you through it, and you're going to be better, better because of it. And so that third thing we can see here, or that second thing, reminding ourselves of our resources. God's got this. And that's all that chapter 7 is really speaking of. And when you look at it, you can say to yourself, you know what? God spoke to Israel and said that they, he was bringing them out. Guess what? God's bringing me out too. And so if that's the case, and that's a promise, if the Bible says, blessed shall you be going in and blessed shall you be coming out, guess what? I want to declare that's mine also. If, if, if in that scripture talks about Joseph, if, if what was meant to be evil turned to good for Joseph, you know what? That's mine also. If when it comes down to it, David, and it said that no evil thing shall come nigh you. Hey, guess what, Dave? That's mine also. I'm building my faith to hold fast in the midst of the crises. And finally, with that, I'm reminding myself of the resource. And finally, I'm relying on the resource to get me through seeking God through fasting, through prayer, through worship, through the word of God. I'm tapping into God. I'm getting full of his spirit, his power, his faith, his wisdom, and I'm refusing to move into anything that would diminish those qualities in my life. I want to challenge you to do the same because when the crisis comes, if we're not ready, we'll fall into things that diminish us in the midst of the crises. We'll fall into sin, disbelief, gossip, negativity. It's just easy to fall into that if we're not ready ahead of time, and I want us to be a people that are ready. And so what we can see here with Stephen as we close in chapter 7, verse 50, 54, we can see that he was so full that when the crises came, watch this, when they had heard these things, this sermon of God's faithfulness and their rejection of God, when they had heard these things, they were enraged, and they ground their teeth at him, but he, full, shout full one more time, of the Holy Spirit, he gazed into heaven. And he saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the, sound of man, the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But pastor, he died. They stoned him to death. Yeah? Yeah, they did. But man, wouldn't you want a glimpse of heaven like that? Just to be able to gaze into Jesus' face and... But your life that the heavens opened? I don't believe we have to die for that. I believe we have to die to flesh, but I don't believe we have to die to go to heaven to see that. I believe in 2018, if we'll be a house that'll allow God to cause us to become full of his power, full of his truth, full of his grace, if that's who we are, the heavens are going to open up over this place. Amen? And my dad would say, God's going to bring a big kiss, and we're going to get caught right in the smack. You can tell dad I said that. He'll like that. <laughs> but it's true his flesh may have died but his spirit was just full of life it couldn't be killed 
There are many of us today who have a greater problem than Stephen ever had because we are living by the flesh, but we're dying by the Spirit. And I want us to understand and prepare our hearts that for us, to be able to get through the crises that we face, we need to prepare ourselves ahead of time and get full up on all that God has. Amen? How many right now you may be going through a crisis? Don't, don't be ashamed. All of us have been through it. But right now, currently, raise your hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Anybody else? That's my buddy Dale. I'm glad you're here, Dale. I'm glad your wife's here. She's so pretty. How'd you get her, Dale? Anybody else? Yeah, honey, I see Stacy's hand. Anybody else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Father, right now, you see these hands? Maria, I see your hand. Father, you see these hands? Lord God, we just lift them to you. You see the crises that Dale and Marie and Holly and Stacy are experiencing right now? Father God, we ask that you would just come and let them see that there's a way of escape and there's a way out. They don't have to back down in their principles, back down in how they govern their life according to your word. They can stand fast and watch you, Lord God, do the rest. They can run into you, their strong tower be saved. They can run into you, Father, and find their refuge. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Can you give God some praise in here? Amen. Amen. I want to pray one more time for the building, because apart from God doing it, just like the last time a couple years ago, it, it's not going to happen. It's, only Jesus can do this. And so next Sunday, we're going to ask you to bring your biggest gift you possibly can bring. What is that for? Our financing company, the people that we use for our finances, they're basically saying as we get $100,000 that we can take the next steps with them to go ahead and get the funds distributed, to get drawings and all the good stuff, the site work and all that good stuff so that we can be ready to build this building in 2018. And so we want to give as sacrificially as we can next Sunday. Also, the goal is by the end, you'll see there, so 100000 by the end of the year, and then another 100000 the goal is by the end of, of December, so next year, 2018. And so the way that works is you'll bring your biggest gift next week plus a pledge card. Out here as you leave, there'll be commitment cards. And on that commitment card, write down a monthly commitment that you're planning to give sacrificially January through December. January through December. So there'll be 12 more gifts through, through that time, you know. And so with that, we believe God will make the means possible for us to take the next steps as a congregation and be able to build really the incubator that we can use to grow and send teams and bless this region for literally generations to come should the Lord tarry. Amen? Can we pray together on behalf of that? Jesus, you're a provider, and you've only told us to be obedient. So we've stepped out. And Lord, we want you to meet us at this place, not meet us at the place of our of our, of our of our abundance, but meet us at the place of our sacrifice. We're preparing our hearts to give sacrificially. And Lord God, you join all that together and cause a miracle to take place so that the hope that don't quit can continue on in people's lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Fuel for the Journey. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.